Broadcasting from the heart of commie-controlled America, the no-bullshit bearer of doom and gloom, opium-free broadcast, the most important hour of your day. All right, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. My name is Josh. Welcome to the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose. We are live with you Monday through Thursday, 8.30 p.m. on Monday, Monday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays, 8 p.m. on Tuesdays. This is where we bring you the unfolding a global conspiracy of communism coming to America, the shaping of the world, world, new world order, the usurping of the United States Constitution, the destruction of all of our institutions here in the United States of America, our social, our cultural, our political, our academic, our institutional, everything above from supply chain to infrastructure all the way up to the perpetuation of World War III and depopulation moving into transhumanism. And this is where we break it all down for you, show you the narrative so you can be prepared to fight back and ready to fight back. And, you know, th this has been a long war that we've been uh, embattled within. And it's been going back and forth for a very long time. We know that when Donald Trump was in the White House, um, there was a lot of progress that was made. And we were very hopeful that Donald Trump would come out very, very successful in that he would dismantle the deep state. But I think that Donald Trump and the people that helped him get there and the people that are working around him knew that this was not going to be another four year election. Where have we heard that before? That this it was not going to be done within four years. It was not going to be done within eight years. It was not going to be done within a decade. That this is something that is going to take a very, very long time to weed out. And that's a little bit about what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about this scope. What what, what were these moving factors that went into this? And so we just saw this coup attempt in Russia. And I say coup, right, with the, the quotation marks there, because it wasn't a, really a coup. What ended up happening is Proshikin, Pro I, I can't even pronounce his name. It, it's the head of Wagner, Wagner. I call it Wagner. A lot of Americans call it Wagner. But you can call it Wagner, Wagner, however you want to say it. But Projection, 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 I think that's how you say it. Anyways, he's the head of Wagner. And what we had was he basically was saying, hey, there's some corrupt military. They're not giving us the needed supplies. We're on the front lines of the battlefield. And Wagner operates much like how Eric Prince operated Blackwater, right? So they're on the front lines. And the Americans, through proxy with the Ukraines, are specifically targeting Wagner. Why? Well, because they want to exploit the weakness utilized on the battlefield by Russia. The weakness is a third-party mercenary group, a private military. Now, if you look at this from the Russian perspective, if Russia has a governmental body, Putin is this kind of dictator-in-chief. He's taken power for a very, very long time. Being this dictator-in-chief, he has the option of utilizing his military force or a private military, which can operate out of the bounds of the parliament, outside of the bounds of basically the Russian military. Think about this here. Putin basically has his own special army that takes commands directly from him. Okay, that's important to understand when you understand Wagner, Wagner, however you want to say it. So when we start looking at what has happened here is Putin has utilized a special military for a lot of different uh, methodologies. One of them is Crimea. Another one is in Syria. Uh, when the Crimea was annexed in 2014, it was Wagner Group that went in there and did this. And what this does is this produces like kind of this divergence between Putin and the military. Reason being is because military commanders have ultimate sole authority. If Putin says, launch a nuke, the military commander can actually go and say, no, I'm not launching a nuke. And so that derives a problem within the military command structure. And that's been there since the Soviet days within Russia. And so what we saw happening is Putin kind of put in some new players within his military command structure over the last few years, especially after this Ukraine stuff started coming out. Now, Prozhikin, he, he basically came in and said, hey, look, they're... They're supposed to be sending us these, these weapons, ammunition, this heavy artillery, um, and food, and we're not getting any of it. And he's been complaining about this for a very long time, and he's called Putin out quite a few times for this. Now, the thing is, is Putin goes ahead and gives that order, and his military doesn't do it. Now, do you see where the problem lies here? Is that Wagner was working directly with the Russian military, and they're kind of like a, a 
contractor branched off of them, but the Russian military was supposed to supply them. Wagner was being basically exploited by Western intelligence and the Western proxy of Ukraine and taking heavy casualties. This does a few things. You know they're low on supplies. You know they're low on ammunition. They're on the front lines, and they're taking heavy casualties. When this looks like from the perspective of other people that they're trying to recruit, nobody wants to go work for them. Nobody's going to volunteer to go get paid to go fight this war for, for, uh, for, for Wagner. So what you see is this basically destroys Russia's front line or Putin's private army, okay? Now, enter in what just happened specifically is we have um, we have the head of Wagner basically calling out the Ministry of Defense, some generals, and so forth as these people are corrupt. And basically what was happening from what we can glimpse is that these people in the military were – taking the funding that was being released for the military to give to Wagner, and they were taking some off the top. And this is pretty common within the, the command and control structures of Russia. And they were just swiping some off the top, and they weren't sending the supplies out there. Whether they wanted to you know, sabotage the mission or whatever, I don't know. I think it was really a testament to Putin, as in the sense that, hey, we, the military commanders, have the control on the battlefield. You don't. You're not going to utilize your private army to do things that we don't agree with, this type of thing. So what Putin just did, and by the way, uh, the head of Wagner actually came out and said this, that Putin is not the target. Putin did nothing wrong here. We're going after and we want these people removed. And so this whole coup attempt basically brings about that possibility that Putin can now go in and remove these people. Shogun is one of them. Shogu is one of them. He's apparently on house arrest. But we have to look at it from the U.S. intelligence side. And this is a great article that came out today. You're not going to see it on Western newspapers. This was on RT Times. Foreign powers involved in coup attempt in Russia, according to the Visek. Uh, the Serbian president believes that PMC Wagner insurrection was stopped and thanks a strong reaction from President Putin. Foreign intelligence services likely played a, a role in the failed Wagner PMC coup attempt in Russia on Saturday. Serbian President Alexander Visek has claimed Russian President Vladimir Putin described the mutineers as traitors, traitors whose actions could play into the hands of Moscow's adversaries. Um, in an interview on Serbia's Pink TV channel on Sunday, Visek stressed the Belgrade does not support coups in any country um, as a matter of principle. He says, we didn't support it in Turkey or Russia. We don't support it in America either. Interesting that he said that. We didn't support it in Turkey, Russia, or the coup attempt in America. Hmm. Wonder what he's hinting at there. The official explained, adding that government should only be changed in elections by the will of the citizens. The Serbian head of state went on to say, I don't want to say who was involved from the outside, but I have no doubt. Visek cited foreign services without, however, going into further detail. And the reason he doesn't want to do that is because, well, during the coup attempt, right, um, Israel raised the Wagner PMC flag. Immediately during the coup attempt, U.S. intelligence and Ukrainian intelligence released this bombshell report that Russia was apparently going to blow up through a terrorist act, the Zaporozhye nuclear power plant. Now, I don't know about you, but if you wanted to make Russia look really, really, really bad at, during that time, number one, you got Israeli support and you got number two, the U.S. intel community and Ukrainian intel community coming out saying that Russia was planning this massive nuclear terrorist activity and we need to get in there and take them out. At the same time, U.S. diplomacy is saying, oh, we, we can't let Wagner go in there. And by the way, for everybody understanding this, there's something larger here that is being missed. We talked about uh, Article 5 of, of NATO yesterday in the sense that if there is a threat to other NATO nations and NATO can get involved in, uh, in a conflict, this actually has pertinence to what was happening in Russia. See, there's um, and I'm forgetting where it is, but I go check this out. I want you to go look this up. Within the NATO rules, it says that if a nuclear power falls into the hands of a terrorist or rogue organization, it is NATO's duty to go in and secure it. And this is the situation that they wanted to happen. They wanted Putin taken down. NATO goes in, secures Russia. That's what they wanted to happen. This is what they were setting up from behind the scenes. With You got to remember, just a few weeks ago, Ukraine was supposed to be doing this spring offensive, this massive offensive. They got a few days into the offensive and all of a sudden pulled back. 
just last week, they pulled back and they put it off on hold for a month. And then just a few days later, you have Wagner's um, chief going in there and going in the Rostov and taking another city and then marching into Moscow. Huh. It's almost like Ukraine and the U.S. were directly involved with this because they were. Well, what happened? Most likely, it was a double agent type of scenario. Prushkin basically went in there, was talking with the American intelligence agency, says, yes, we can take it. We will go in. We will do this. Went back, told Putin what their plan was. Putin used it as an exploit. And you got to remember, a peer week went really strong. That's what Russia just did. A peer week went really strong. Russia just allowed Wagner to go in there, take over two cities in a march halfway up to Moscow. Okay, they are they are tempting, initiating NATO to say, come on, NATO, let's go. Come on, NATO, get involved. We're very weak. Oh, yeah. The 3000 men just took over two of our cities in one of our 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 southern bases. Appear weak when really strong. So what was the effect of this is that Wagner now goes over to Belarus, which now has strategic tactical position on Kiev. You got to remember what Putin wants to do in the first place. And this is what I think was actually happening behind the scenes is Putin wants to put an end to this once and for all. He knows that if he goes into Kiev and and takes out Zelensky or the command and control structure in Ukraine, that NATO will get involved. Now, he doesn't want NATO involvement, but he does want to put an end to this. So what he did is he moved his chess pieces around strategically and tactically positioning Wagner right there in by Kiev, which means that now Zelensky is like, oh, no, we went from a single fronted war to a double fronted war. And this also puts pressure on the Western alliance to basically back off because you got to remember everything that is coming in from the supply chain from the supply chain uh, is coming in from the West into Ukraine. Not only that, is this now also gives Russia's or Putin's private military, Wagner and Russia, strategic tactical position on military command structures within Western Ukraine regions, including their resupply depots. Okay, so this is very, very big what happened here. The West just got played by Putin. There's no if, answer, buts about it. The West just got played by Putin. You got to remember, Russia are masters of disinformation, propaganda, and psychological warfare. They just baited the Western intelligence agencies, pulled them in, reared them in. They thought that they were going to win. They thought they were finally going to take out Putin. They started their disinformation campaign. Oh, they're going to do a terrorist event. Israel raises Wagner's flag. And they know NATO can go right in there when they topple the uh, Russian government. And Prozhukin stops right at the middle and says, oh, no. Nah. We're not going to do it. And right then and there, Western intelligence goes, oh, no, we just got screwed. And now they start looking back at the board, the chessboard, and they say, what did Putin gain from this? Well, Putin gained the removal, basically his deep state military. Now he can go and appoint various new people to his government and to his military that are going to be more pro-Putin and in line with the Russian battle plans that support Wagner. That's number one. Number two is Putin basically just said to NATO, come and take it if you can. Russia is not going to give up an inch. Number three, they gained strategic tactical position on Ukraine. And number four, they exploited the West as interfering with international politics, especially with a nuclear power, trying to formulate a coup, which they'll hold that evidence over their head. And Russia has already stated that they are investigating this, and they do have intel on this specifically, that various different force, foreign intelligence services were involved in this. So this is really, really big. Now, we got to understand like the the big scenario when this relates to Trump, what this relates to with Trump's I call it Trump's plan, but it's not really Trump's plan. I I honestly do believe that this was basically looked at and mapped out by some very high-level intelligent people that come from military and private sector. And for a very long time, they understood who the deep state were, what the deep state was doing, the selling of military secrets. Then they uncovered a plethora of other crimes. They came together, and they basically devised a plan. They looked around the world and said, who's one person in the world that does not want – a, a global, a, a new world order, Western new world order. And the only person they could find was Vladimir Putin. 
Okay. Because he is one person who respects his own sovereignty, his country's sovereignty. And maybe it was even Vladimir Putin who put this plan together. That's a big possibility. So when we start looking at it from this perspective of the plan of how this plan unfolds, well, number one is Donald Trump made certain strategic changes in his presidency during that time. I'll be honest, Donald Trump was a distraction. The four years of Donald Trump was simply a distraction. Number one, to basically curtail the plan of the 16-year plan, to stop the 16-year plan from manifesting and putting the deep state's reign on hold and their agenda on hold. That was number one. Number two, is Donald Trump going out there and negotiating various different treaties and private agreements with various different foreign leaders? We remember his trip around the world, Saudi Arabia, China, Turkey, India. We have Russia, the Holinsky Agreement, all these things. What I believe was discussed there is, hey, you're going to go join Brazil. You're going to go join BRICS, and you're going to basically rise up as an economic power to basically confront the Western economic powers. And as you do... Whenever U.S. sanctions get issued on Russia or China, you guys step up and basically substantiate that, uh, unsubstantiate that and allow the economics to still flow within those countries going around U.S. sanctions, which was number one of the number one tactical weapons that the U.S. have used over the last 50 years on countries specifically without waging actually kinetic warfare. So you have that aspect. So Trump goes out there, makes all these deals, tells them what's going on and what needs to happen. And I truly do believe that this is what happened and this was the plan. And the whole point of this is I believe that Trump knew that they were going to lose the election or there was a good chance that they were going to lose the election. Why? Because you can't tell the people. You have to show the people. You have to allow the corruption to come back in. And, and I've said this before, is that I think what happened is that there were people within Trump's administration and people within Trump's military who were patriots, who were basically read into what was happening and what was going on. And they selected premier patriots, people that they knew were not corrupted by the deep state. For one, General Dan Kane, Raisin Dan Kane. That guy is very, very specific. He ran all clandestine operations between the Pentagon and the CIA. He was the head of the SAP programs under the Pentagon. This guy knows everything, okay? It's my theory that this guy goes out there and creates basically another intelligence monitoring program with some type of JAG FISA warrant. The reason I say that is because it's not for from 2016 to 2020. It's from 2021 to 2024. How much evidence can you actually go out there and bring in? How much can you actually get that can be admissible within a court of law? And I think that this is what happened, is that they make it appear weak when you're really strong. Trump gets the election stolen from him. The coup occurs. We get to see the true colors of all the neocons, the, the, the rhinos, all the liberals, and everybody who comes out of the woodworks against Donald Trump. We get to find out who they are. We start making a list. Okay, they're not going to be in the next administration. The next part of this is that Joe Biden, the radical left, they get into power. Now they're back in the power. They know they're never going to give it back up. So they start talking freely. They start calling up and going, yep, let's do this deal. Let's do that deal. Let's do this deal. Joe Biden, Hunter Biden, everybody is involved within this level of scandal. And that happens from January 20th, 2021 on forth the current day. Now, what would happen if there was a military operation very similar to the one that was run by the National Security Agency um, that Snowden blew out of the water in 2020 that was actually spying on congressmen, senators, the executive branch, contractors, as well as various different civilians and foreign nationals. I think there's a good possibility that that could be happening. And what they're doing is they have a warrant directed through a judge, judge advocate general of the United States Army because they are the only other court that can issue classified FISA warrants. And they do not need permission or oversight from the DOJ to do it. They do not need permission or oversight from the FISA court to do it. Okay? That is very, very important to understand. They get the warrants, they go out there, they start tapping these guys' lines, taking all their digital communications, and that's all they've been doing for the last few years. 
what happens. John Durham goes out there, does this report. He's told not to prosecute these top-level people. Why? Because we don't want to subpoena Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Brennan, James Comey, and all these people, and then have them face a judge under O'Biden's DOJ. That's ridiculous. They're going to slide. They're going to get off on all charges. Instead, what you do is you have John Durham go out there, uncover all the surface-level information that he can find about the Russia, Russia, Russia scandal. You have him bring it into a report, maybe make a few uh, little indictments, bring Sussman in, bring Deschenko in, this type of thing. But we, we know they tested the courts with Sussman and Deschenko, by the way. They knew that the courts were not going to allow this. So John Durham finishes his report, goes out there, shows massive collusion behind a deep state that meant to overthrow, formulate a coup on President Donald Trump within his first term of the election. Now, this stands, and this is this is written into history. John Durham provided that to Congress. Congress is reviewing it, and they will be reviewing that stuff for years to come. Now, here's the thing. Nothing ever said that when Donald Trump comes back in the office, he can't reappoint special counsel John Durham to reopen the investigation with new evidence. What would that new evidence be? Well, all this potential evidence that we see could be gathered here through a military operation that has been collecting and gathering data from 2021 to 2024. Starts to make a lot more sense now. Now, John Durham has more information. You got, you know, whatever it is, you got the, the Joe Biden information, the Hunter Biden information that is coming out, the whistleblowers that are being killed. We have all this various levels of information that's coming out that we're collecting that we, the people, are seeing. And by the way, we, we took over the information domain. That's important to understand because now they can no longer disseminate and propagate misinformation, disinformation, and absolute garbage. It's we are calling that stuff out just like we did with this Russian crew. So if you start thinking about this now, what we have here unraveling is the greatest story ever told, right? That as we move into 2024, they cannot let Donald Trump become president. Because if he does, if they do, they're all going to hang from nooses. They know that it's all over if Donald Trump gets back in the power. Number one, he's identified everybody within the bureaucracy, the deep state, everybody within Congress and Senate, everybody who's unloyal to him and loyal to money and loyal to corruption and globalism. He's, he's, he knows exactly who all those people are. And you don't think for one minute that he's not going to basically go in there and tell, time for you to resign, time for you to resign. You're fired. You're fired. You're not on my administration. He is absolutely going to do that. He's going to appoint these various different people. He's going to bring out this military inquiry that has been going on for a few years. And I, I don't have, listen, that is complete speculation. I am just looking at the evidence that I've seen at hand, understanding what we know and putting it together. So that is my theory. That's not fact. It's my theory. Okay. So how does this fit in on the global agenda? Well, you have to keep the globalists basically you have to keep the globalists and their agenda slowed down. We stopped the 16-year plan, right? 16-year pan plan, pandemic, World War III. Well, what are they doing? They're, they're trying to move the World War III right now. We knew this. We talked about this last night. Ukraine was that proxy methodology to get in the World War III. Basically, get Russia in there, pro provoke Russia by having Ukraine join NATO, uh, Russia will go in the annex, the eastern Donbass region, and when that happens, the United States begins proxy with Russia, begins information uh, propaganda campaigns against Russian people, try to get people to turn, try to get the Russian people to hate war and hate their country. But a lot of the CIA, they don't understand Russian culture, and, and I think that that's a big problem there. But also, when we start looking at what happened there is we have all these false flags. We have the Nord Stream pipeline. We have the German telecommunication line. We have the Kirshen Bridge. We have the dam that just blew up. We have Maripol. We have uh, the, the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant part one, where they said Russia was shelling the outside perimeter of the nuke plant. Russia controlled the freaking nuke plant. They were inside the nuke plant. Why would they be shelling the outside? We have the missile that landed in Poland. They tried to blame on Russia. All these different things are trying to blame on Russia because they want to impose Article 5 of NATO, which allows NATO to get involved kinetically with this war because they want to propagate World War III. Why do they want to propagate World War III? Well, the propagation of World War III would allow NATO, Western alliances, to basically go in there and start fighting Russia. Well, this is going to 
caused massive uproar within Eastern Europe because Belarus, Crimea, um, you have the Chechens. All these people are going to begin to fight on Russia's side. You got Syria, you got Iran, you got North Korea, potentially even China coming and getting involved in that. And so that's not a good scenario. That's World War III breaking out. This is what they want to avoid at least past 2024. And the reason I say they want to avoid that is because that allows for a global reset. Exactly what we saw for World War II was a global reset of the various different power bases. And this is what the what I would call the Patriots or the White Hats, whatever you want to call I don't like calling them White Hats, but the Patriots, this is what they wanted to do, is they wanted to stall the globalist plans of expansion. Yeah, there's things going out there, the vaccine, the bioweapon. We have, we, we have killer mosquitoes, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes. We have all this other stuff that's going on, but that's doing through private industry and that's doing through various different laws and regulations that are being allowed by the current deep state infrastructures that are existent within other countries. You can't change those things right now. The only thing you can do is you can control how their narrative begins to unflow. And, and as a correction, I was discuss- oh, I wasn't discussing, I was yelling at somebody on Truth Social about this earlier, is when they say that this is a movie, it's all scripted. What they mean is the tactics used by the left, the playbook of the left is well known. We know exactly what they're going to do next because there's nothing new under the sun. We know exactly how they are going to formulate their attack because they have not changed it in hundreds of years. That's why you're watching a movie. That's why it's scripted. We can tell you exactly what they're going to do because they're very, very predictable. This is how this evil works, I guess. So we knew that they would try to promulgate World War III. So what you do is you set up various scenarios and you be very, very vigilant during that time frame, which Russia has done. Now, Russia is not trying to get involved in World War III. What we're about to see here, though, and by the way, this is one of the reasons most likely China was through proxy giving Russia supplies and so forth to continue this proxy war against the U.S. and Ukraine because they just need to draw this out another 18 months or stop the entire thing and have it end. And then they don't get their world war three. Why do they need world war three? They need to reset the clock. They need a reason to basically suspend the constitution in the United States of America, to produce a draft in the United States of America, to collapse the economy in the United States of America, to impose martial law in the United States of America. And most importantly, to suspend elections because they know that their one final thing that they have their one final tactic that they have in the United States before the 2024 presidential election is to assassinate Donald Trump. That, that's the only thing that they have left. Okay. And they know if they assassinate Donald Trump, there will be a civil war that people will rise up and begin to overthrow their local, their state and their federal governments because they will make him a martyr. So they know that they can't do that, but that is basically the last ditch attempt, right? So, with what we're seeing right now, there is massive panic in Washington, D.C., especially with this failed coup attempt that we just saw in Russia that was being organized by various foreign intelligence services, particularly Israel, the United States, MI5, MI6, all these guys working together to basically try to take down Russia, and it failed and it didn't work. So now the battle plan is, what do we do now? We have, we're getting our asses kicked in Ukraine. I don't know if you guys saw that minefield where Ukraine was trying to navigate through the minefield and the the tanks were blown up, soldiers were blown up. It was horrific. But Russia is not screwing around. And remember, I, I told you this at the beginning of the conflict in Ukraine. Russia hasn't even begun to fight. Vladimir Putin just said this today. He said, if we wanted a war with Ukraine, it would be over within 12 hours. Okay, he just said that today. If we wanted a full war with Ukraine, it would be over within 12 hours. Understand what that means. Appear weak when you're really strong. And what this is, is you can't tell the people you need to show them. You need to show them that U.S. propaganda disinformation or Western U.S. Western propaganda disinformation is incredibly strong within the mainstream media, that everything that you've been Everything you've been told is absolute garbage and lies. Now, I was listening to a little bit of Glenn Beck today about this. 
because I like to analyze a, a whole bunch of different perspectives on things. And he was talking about the coup, I think, in Russia yesterday. And um, he was talking about the nuclear aspect and Putin. He goes, and I, you know, Putin, he's he's an evil man. He's a bad man. And I wouldn't put it past him to do something like that. And I'm sitting there going, can, can anybody tell me any bad things like that that Putin's ever done? Has Putin ever used nuclear weapons or chemical weapons on his own people or done false flag attacks like that? I, I, I searched. I really couldn't find anything. Or was this just Western propaganda to make Putin look like a bad guy? I'm not saying Putin's a good guy. We know that he kills off his competition to stay in power, and he basically claimed himself dictator. Not arguing that. Fact. I'm just saying is I don't think Putin is this ruthless criminal like the West portrays him to be. I think he's probably most likely a reasonable man, very much similar to what Donald Trump said. So as we begin to see this unfold, the next 18 months become critical because we know there's a lot of potential. If they don't get their World War III, which I don't think that they're going to get their World War III, okay, then what we're going to see is some type of climate change agenda that is going to perpetuate in, and this is going to cause financial collapse, martial law, national lockdown, and suspension elections. They have to have one or the other of these various different things to take down the 2024 elections. They cannot allow those things to go forth because we know that they can no longer steal those elections. So, or at least we're guessing that they can't steal them. And if they do steal them, then we're just not going to put up with it. And it ends results in civil war. Go back to Ray Dalio talking about this specifically. Ray Dalio said that we're coming into this very unique situation in the United States of America, that in 2024, you got the left that aren't going to accept the election results, and you have the right that won't accept the election results if either side wins. He's absolutely right. And so you have to have a system that is set up in place during that time where both people think that there was fair elections. So that means that there cannot be cheating. That's another part of this. So what we're looking at right now is the unfoldment of this conspiracy and how this is drawing in to kind of what we've been talking about here at the Red Pill Project for years is this is the firestorm event that is inbound and coming. The firestorm event basically is the preparation for the installation of, of, of the new world order, of the global order. Well, unfortunately, the Western global order is getting their butts kicked and is basically has their door beat down. The Brits Economic Alliance has stood up and become more of a competitor than they could ever imagine, which means that the majority of these countries who were once under threat and coercion from the United States through sanctions are no longer threatened by that because they can now go around those sanctions. The United States imposing the various sanctions on Russia because of going into Donbass in eastern Ukraine showed a lot of U.S. allies that they don't care who you are. They will sanction you if they disagree with you or if you disagree with their agenda. And so we see this global rising of various different power forces that are coming up. And we see the fall of the Western Empire that is actually occurring in real time. The question is, is are we going to be able to save our country specifically? And I believe that that answer is yes. I do believe there's a place for the United States of America, the Constitutional Republic, in the future of this world. The question is, is can we get back the reins of our country specifically from the deep state that is controlling this right now, the money interest, the private interest, the corporate interest, and the special interest? That is who controls this. Um, and I think that there's moves being made right now specifically to do that, to upend this whole agenda that is going out there. One thing that we do know, and this is one of the beautiful things about us having power in the House of Representatives, is we know who's on our side. We know who's not on our side. The majority of senators do not give a shit about you, me, or any American citizen or MAGA. The majority of congressmen, even the ones on the right, do not give a shit about you, me, or anybody within MAGA or the truth movement. We can know this. There's less than 30 probably that represent all of us in Senate and Congress that actually probably agree with what we're saying and, under, and, and are actually working for the American people to restore this republic. Now, here's the beautiful thing. In 2024, that 60 will probably, or that 30 will probably rise to 60. And in 2026, it'll probably rise to 100. But this is where you have to get cautious that you don't want this radicalization of this movement to be deriving 
various changes within the governmental process and structure. Instead, what you want to do is dismantle the system that has allowed this to happen in the first place. And so that's what we have to do is we have to restore the Constitutional Republic of the United States of America specifically. And I think that Donald Trump is the right person for that job. And I hope that he does bring RFK Jr. in to help support him as this begins to unravel. So we're going to see all this stuff panning out in the next 18 months. Uh, my recommendation to you is get prepared, get supplied. Make sure you have non-perishable um, foods, canned goods, these types of things. You, If you live in an apartment, throw them in your closet. If you have a house, put them in a pantry. Uh, make sure you have a small little garden or the ability to create a garden. Make sure you have water purification tablets, a way to have access to water. If you have something like near your house or anything like that, have a uh, know how to make at-home filters through charcoal, through burning some wood or newspaper or cardboard boxes, those types of things. Understand how to make water purification systems. Have a supply of water at home that can get you through a week or two. I would have three to six months worth of food on hand. Um, we know that the economy is one of the greatest tactics that they will use regionally to basically try to take you down and stop you. It, specifically, when China was shutting down a certain number of banks, people were traveling from other cities and provinces to go out there and take their money out of the banks. China flagged these people before they got on public transportation. In China, they have to use COVID vaccine passports. They scanned their passports and showed up to be quarantined even though they had never had a test and were not positive with COVID. China then went and detained them and took them to quarantine camps. And it was one big mistake, but they never were able to get their money out. This is why we have to stay away from digital IDs. Digital ID access is the most important thing. This is why they also want to remove cars from the roadways because they want you to take public transportation. Because if they take, if you can take public transportation and you have a global ID that gives you access to that public transportation, now they can stop you from traveling from one place to another. See how that works? All right. I got to take a sip of water here. Donald Trump. The Donald Trump sip. All right. Let's jump in here. I want to see what people are saying. I've thrown a bunch of information out here. What's up, Rumble? What is up, Pilled? What is up, DLive? What's up, Facebook? What is up, people out there on Red Pills TV who are watching? I can't see your chats, unfortunately. Sorry. And what's up, people out there on Twitter? All right. I'm going to transition just a little bit. So we just talked about what's happening, how this is all unfolding. The narrative that is the narrative that is being played is that uh, Prozhukin is a bad guy and Putin's a bad guy. And they were both trying to be heroes for Russia and it failed. And now they're going to go their separate ways. That's not what's happening. Um, this was a failed Western coup in Russia and the U.S. intelligence services, as well as other foreign intelligence services, just got embarrassed by Russian intelligence. OK, on the other side of it is they're trying to push the World War Three. Russia wants nothing to do with it. They'll continue this small little proxy war, keep this going, or they will end it with treaty negotiations with Zelensky, which have been stopped multiple different times by the West specifically. But either way, NATO has to progress something, either in the sense of World War III, there has to be another pandemic, there has to be a global cataclysm, because they have to bring about the, the issuance of the global financial collapse, they want to bring about martial law, and they want to suspend the elections. We're doing everything in our pro uh, progress to stop that from happening by getting information out there specifically. Um, Richard Eaton said, and with that, Josh, uh, has just said with China is exactly how they will cease any uprising in the U S should Trump be taken out. CBDCs is the financial martial law. He's, he's absolutely right. CBDCs. That's why you have the fed now system that just went implemented. What, what do you think happens when the fed now systems gets integrated into the majority of the banks in the United States of America? Okay. Which by the way, uh, in about 15 days, it's going to be implemented in the big six. Okay. So all of your ACH, automatic clearinghouse transactions, ACH, anytime you swipe your debit card, anytime that you get a direct deposit or you transfer money out. So anytime money moves from your bank, it goes through the FedNow system. So let's say 30 days from now, okay, that Joe Biden says the right are right-wing extremists and terrorists and we need to shut them down. And the FBI has been watching them for a very, very long time. We're going to target them specifically. Guess what they do? They go into the FedNow service and they shut off your service so you can no longer take money out of the bank, transfer money out of the bank, or pay anything. 
And then they seize all your assets. It's just that easy. That's how they do it. And now they're also going to know what you're buying your money on, spending your money on. They're going to know exactly where you're traveling when you buy those plane tickets, those train tickets, where you're buying gas and how you're traveling, all this stuff. They don't need the Fourth Amendment protection. You don't have a Fourth Amendment protection anymore when the federal government is collecting your financial data without subpoena. And they can shut you down immediately. And as this goes to CBDCs, that's exactly how it's going to work. Multipass, please. You are denied access. But why? I don't know, sir. I don't have any information, but I do have to detain you and take you. So you're detaining me because my pass was denied and you don't know why. Nope. Direct violation of the United States Constitution, but they'll get around that. That's how they operate. So last week, uh, a few weeks ago, we had a conversation with a gay, uh, Game Politics and Blue Canaries about the mosquito surge that is coming. I did a, uh, a few different Twitter tweets about this, a little bit of research that I did on this specifically, where I noticed they had something called the D7 protein within this various species of mosquitoes. Now, what was interesting about this D7 protein, which is in the saliva of the mosquitoes, is they looked at it as a vector for genetic modification originally. Um, and the reason they did that is because it has an innate effect on the viruses specifically is when you take the D7 protein, okay, and you take the virus, it kills it. So if you take the D7 virus or the D7 protein, which is in the saliva of the mosquito, and you put the virus there, when the virus is injected into the human being, the D7 protein kills the virus. As in nature said, hey, mosquitoes are sucking a lot of blood and probably would carry a lot of diseases. We don't want these mosquitoes to kill off all the species in our ecosystem. So let's give them a protein within their saliva that kills any viruses and bacteria. I mean, it's novel that nature would think about that because that's how nature operates. But reports and studies found that now what happens is that when mosquitoes bite an individual, that D7 protein goes into the body, but there's an inflammatory reaction that's created by your body, body to that protein. And it's that inflammatory reaction that stops the protein from killing the virus. So the virus now gets uploaded. I mean, if you wanted a bioweapon vector, the only thing you would have to do is go out there and genetically modify that D7 protein within the mosquito saliva. And you wouldn't even have to worry about the various different diseases because mosquitoes would naturally pick them up and just wait for the, the outbreaks to occur. Usually after a few generations of genetic modification, you'll start seeing outbreaks occur. Well, let's look at this article here. This is from 2020, August 20th. 750 million genetically engineered mosquitoes approved for release in the Florida Keys. So the genetically modified male mosquito named OX5034 has just received both state and federal approval to be released in the Florida Keys now through 2022 against objection of many local residents and coalition of environmental advocacy groups. Oh, well, that's interesting. I mean, what could go wrong? So Oxitec is this company that's releasing billions upon billions of genetically modified mosquitoes throughout the world. Now, one thing that I noticed when I had Blue Canaries and Game on is that you see this release. It's usually about two to three years later after the release of the mosquitoes that you begin to see these pandemics. So for instance, right now, dengue, is spreading throughout Peru over, I think, 200,000 cases now, over 400, 500 dead, okay? Well, in the same region that that is going on, right next to it is Colombia. And in Colombia, three years ago, in that exact region, is where they released the genetically modified mosquitoes. Well, would you be a fly on shit and tell me how we just talked about the Florida Keys about two to three years ago? And um, thanks for Fig for sending this to me. Uh, that we had an outbreak of malaria, which is mosquito-borne illness, in Sarasota, Florida. 
The Florida Department of Health in Sarasota and Manatee counties issued an important health alert last week about a locally acquired malaria case identified and treated in Sarasota Memorial Hospital. Malaria hasn't been in this country in over two decades. All of a sudden, it's making a comeback exactly in the same region that these mosquitoes were released. So you remember when I told you that there's not going to be another pandemic, but there's going to be um, a whole bunch of small outbreaks like we're seeing in Peru because of the genetically modified mosquitoes become the viral vector that are released in various different geographic regions that carry different types of viruses from malaria, Zika, dengue, we had yellow fever. And so if you have those four viruses that are killing people around the world, nobody's going to ask questions and say that this is a pandemic. And nobody's going to think that the mosquitoes themselves are the vectors for that. But that's exactly what we're seeing. And here's the thing. Here's the, here's the, 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 the frosting on the top. Most people would survive those illnesses unless they got compromised immune systems. Now, if people have compromised immune, compromised immune systems, doesn't work too well, does it? Now they get Zika, dengue, they get yellow fever, they get malaria. They're probably going to die. See how they operate? It's scripted. We know exactly how they operate. We know their playbook. We can see right through it. And so this is what we do here at the Red Pill Project's Daily Dose, guys, is we get this information out there for you. Um, In other news, uh, another Hunter Biden WhatsApp message to Chinese CFFC associate that Bidens are the best I know at doing what the chairman wants. And talk about Chairman Xi right there. And Joe Biden has retained a lawyer. Impeachment proceedings hopefully will happen into 2024. We have a second whistleblower who came forward, claims the U.S. Attorney David Weiss was not allowed to make key decisions in the Hunter Biden case. So this is Joe Biden utilizing his power and authority as president to basically shut down investigations into himself and corrupt left. Every living former U.S. president except Donald Trump are direct descendants of slave owners, including Biden and Obama. Well, isn't that interesting? Um, let me see here. We can cover some of this tomorrow. It's just going to be me again tomorrow. Uh, the woke Anheuser-Busch executive Heinershield um, has been fired after putting silly trans girl Dylan McVaney on a can sales down after can sales are down 30% after the toxic ad campaign. Good. I'm glad they fired her. I mean, that was stupid. How, how much more stupid can you be? All right, um, and breaking news for some reason, there must be something about Jeffrey Epstein that is going to be released here soon. The Department of Justice has ruled that Jeffrey Epstein died by suicide. An inspector general report pointed to negligence and mismanagement at the jail that housed him, but that there was nobody else involved in his death. I mean, where have we heard that before? Like with every one of the 67 related Hillary Clinton suicides? Uh, I guess Hillary got the Jeffrey Epstein. I guarantee you it was probably Hillary or the Mossad who who ordered that hit. It was probably the Mossad, and that's why they're covering up. That's my theory. Guys, tonight on Rumble, I have AMP After Hours. It starts at about 40 minutes from now. You can go to Rumble. You can type in AMP News, A-M-P space news, and you'll see uh, the, the, AMP, uh, the AMP page out there. And if you're looking for it, just type in AMP News. You pull this up here real quick. Go to AMP News right here. This is the page, 73,000 followers. You can go there and you see right here tonight, we got the show Holistic Health and Corrupt Medical Establishment with Josh Reed and Tammy Garcia, AMP After Hours. My good friend Tammy of the Naturally Inspired Podcast is going to be joining me tonight talking about health, nutrition, talking about what you guys can do to get your lives better and prepare for what's coming, as well as the corrupt medical establishment and everything that we're seeing here tonight. That's in about that's in about 40 minutes from now. So I'm going to be dipping out of here right now just a few minutes early so I can go get everything I need to get ready for for that show tonight. And I hope to see hope hope to see a lot of you guys there. Don't forget, this is a, a kind of a holiday week. Uh, tomorrow we are doing the after hours Q&A instead of Thursday because Thursday night I am leaving. So AMP after hours Q&A is tomorrow night. 
Um, don't know if daily we're going to do a daily dose on Thursday. That is TBD because I might be leaving really early um, to, towards New York. And then no show on Thursday. Um, if there, if we decide not to do a show on Thursday, if I decide to leave uh, a little bit earlier, um, we will see what we can do to maybe get someone to cover it or find something to uh, the play on the channels for you guys all out there or do some type of update or maybe a, a small little 10, 15 minute show that I can put out there. So I'll keep you guys updated on all that, but much love, respect. God bless you guys. Hope you guys follow and subscribe. If you are watching and this is your first time here, if you haven't subscribed yet, follow and uh, subscribe where you're watching, like share comment and go on over to redpills.tv, redpills.tv and subscribe on over there and find ways to help support everything that we do here at the red pill project. Much love, respect. God bless you guys. You guys all take care. Have a great night. We're going to see you guys next time. Either we will get the full cooperation of other governments to stop this menace, or we will expose every bribe, every kickback, every payoff, and every bit of corruption that is allowing the cartels to preserve their brutal reign. And it is indeed brutal. And uh, they call me I patched the game. <laughs> I, it's, I think it's, I, I haven't, look. Frankly, uh, if you look at the media, where the media is a closed media, we don't have an open free media anymore. They don't want to hear anything. They don't write about it. It's, a, it's collusive. It's, uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it. It all happened during this period of time. It happened just before the election. They wouldn't talk about certain subjects that you know better than anybody, Michael. And, uh, you know, that's the beginning of communism.